The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and behind door number three here is my companion, Russell McGee. Hi, Russell. How you doing? All right. Well, this episode of Old Space Show, the series of Old Space Show, follows the simiantastic adventures of Galen. He's an ape. And he's got two friends that are astronaut pals as they wade their way through the futuristic Earth in the short-lived television version of Planet of the Apes. Today, we discuss the 11th episode, The Tyrant. To foil the plans of a tyrannical gorilla who is trying to overthrow the chimpanzee prefect and gain control over the human farming district. Galen, Alan, and Peter risk an encounter with Urko. Urko and Peter are forced to work together again. All right. This one is directed by Ralph Seneski, written by Walter Black. Stars Roddy McDowell, Ron Harper, James Naughton, Mark Leonard, and Percy Rodriguez. Michael Conrad, Joseph Ruskin, and James Dalton. Our director, Sineski, did seven episodes of Heart to Heart, to Dynasty, the FBI, Partridge Family. Uh, six episodes of Star Trek, The Fugitive, Naked City, and uh, Twilight Zone episode, Printer's Devil. And a lot of his TV stuff, unlike these other, a lot of these other directors, were big stints like six episodes five episodes like he was stuck around for a lot of shows so i think people liked him uh black yeah. the writer he wrote for hawaii 50 swat the mod squad and here we go he was on the hanna Barbera payroll uh space ghost the flintstones mr magoo johnny quest and the jetsons so uh so i'm i geeked out guest star percy rodriguez now the guy has an acting career, but he is one of the top trailer voices of all time. Okay. So tell me, why did you geek out here? Because he's the voice of Jaws, the Jaws trailer, just when you thought it was safe to come out of the water. And he did some Star Wars ones. I believe he did the special edition trailers, um, but one of the most, and it's hard to watch. It's crazy to watch him act as an ape in an episode and not just think trailers the whole time for me. So that's why I'm geeking out about Percy Rodriguez. Is that why you thought I geeked out about him? Or is there another reason? Well, I wonder because he's also, like you said, he was also on Star Trek. Star Trek, yes. It was was the tie-in. Trailer voice. Ah. Trailer voice. Like he has got a deep, like they, uh, he was used and abused in the 70s and 80s on trailers and... Uh, being a guy who's kind of a old school trailer junkie, stuff like that. Like, mm. I like that voice. He, would, I'd be ready to see a movie, and especially horror stuff. He was 
got that horror voice. Uh, Conrad, another guest during the episode, he was Sergeant Phil Esterhaus on 65 episodes of Hill Street Blues. Probably would have been more, but he passed away during the 83-84 season of Hill Street Blues. Uh, he had a lot of episodes where he was credited, but not in them. Uh, but he has a huge career in TV, but that was one of his most notable roles. Uh, Ruskin, this guy, he's another guest star. His career dates back to the Honeymooners. He was a, had an episode of that. That's amazing. Uh, he was on Magnificent Seven, Twilight Zone, uh, Star Trek. He did. Uh, he was Galt in the Gamesters of uh, Triskelion. He did Mission Impossible, Bionic Woman, Charlie's Angels. He was oh Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Star Trek Insurrection, Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, he also was on ER and Alias. So quite a career there. A few yeah. Yes. Uh, Dalton here too, another guest star. Uh, he was Greg Marvelard from Animal House. And uh, he was on V, Happy Days, TJ Hooker, and Spies Like Us. He was the main frat guy in Animal House, okay. the Preppy Boys. So, yeah. So, so guest star galore here. I mean, this is high-profile stuff uh, with the tyrants. Um, what do you think of this one, Russell? Um, the, again, the, the, again, the episodes just keep keep going and exploring things that are really cool. The thing that I liked here is we had setups where, um, what is it? Uh, a borrow who is the gorilla. Mm -hmm. it, like we have a setup that goes back when he was in school with Urko training where like he cheated on a test and that's mm -hmm. how he got thrown out and branded for like 20 years. But that's, Huge and telling because, like, um, everything again has, has been set up in the world. We've not really encountered apes that are devious in this way. And so, seeing a character that goes and is unethical um, is new and interesting. And they, they add that setup as far as with that background with Urko. So, we're getting more Urko actually developing here, too. And then we also see that payoff and how he as a character uh, borrow ends up like actually getting his seat as the uh, prefect because we find out he actually buys off the seat to be able yeah. to get it. <clears throat> yeah. No. It, and I love that this is a power play episode. There's lobbying politics, good drama, political type thriller stuff. Like it's, it's awesome. Like I, I was like, I was stunned that this was something that happened here, especially in an early, you're trying to sell an adventure show and you get something like this. I'm like, they're like up in their game here to like in the writer's room to another level. And this is the kind of stuff you love seeing and like your star treks, all that stuff. I mean, and this is, I, I don't think, you know, we talked about early on, there's those like common typical sci-fi show episodes. This isn't one of them, but you can no. see it happening. You can see this kind of stuff resembling in other things but this whole like trickery and then um i i want to say this since we're who who nuts but this is where um planet apes, so there's a, there's a moment where they could possibly be responsible for urko's death or they yeah. could take advantage of it for their own gain 
And I was like, this is the Planet of the Apes TV show's version of the do I have the right moment from Genesis of the Daleks? Like where right. there, there's this huge thing that could really spin the tide of the rest of their lives and all this, like their relationships with Urko and everything going on could drastically change either way, like huge, either way they go. Um, I don't know if people watching at this felt at this time felt the resonance of how big this actually is in a moment, but it's, it's a really fantastic dilemma they've thrown in here. And Yeah. yeah. No, agreed. 100% agreed because like it's it's the typical thing of in this respect it's typical from the standpoint like you are putting your heroes in a a turning point where they have to make a decision whether they themselves are going to be as bad as our antagonists. Yes, yeah, yes, yep. Yeah. But because they're our heroes, we're like, yeah, dude, get away from the guy who causes us trouble every week. But not realizing like, we need the guy who causes us trouble every week. It helps make a show. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's really great. Um, I think Abaro and having Percy Rodriguez a voice like that makes him instantly commanding, instantly devious. And he's not dumb either. He knows like he's like, OK, I'm getting played somewhere no. here. He's like, someone's playing me here. I don't know this dude because he doesn't know Galen. So Galen comes in and he infiltrates it, saying he's this assistant to Doctor Zayas, and uh, yeah, and he tries to like lobby here, um, and then yeah, like it's yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy here. Um, no, just to watch Abaro, these, Abaro yeah. has his assistant go to Urko and verify that Octavia is actually mm-hmm. an assistant to uh, Zayas. And right. The thing, the thing, and I sorry, I gotta this is an aside for me that I just think that uh Roddy McDowell got to really shine in this episode mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. he got to play a cripple. So, like his physicality work as an ape is something like we haven't talked about in general, but like mm-hmm. dude did some major like movement work and everything yeah. as a whole for the characters and what we know of apes, but then here you get to see Roddy McDowell shine a little bit because on top of that, he's got to be a crippled ape and actually do a lot more movement work. Right, right. Yeah. No, it's it's good. It's a physical transformation to really feel like he could have been playing it just a different character too, you know, but he really went all in with that. And I mean, this, this episode too, is just, it's a lot of room to root, like, you know, behind the scenes, like, behind closed doors chats, but we get to see them. That's yeah. what this episode is. It's like, chat here go chat in this room about what just happened all this stuff moving around and then they decide i mean they take the they take the bold move to go to the belly of the beast and go to urko and mm-hmm. have this conversation like this could screw us really bad like but when we're gonna go to they, him when you're saying they who are you talking about i'm talking about like galen and the humans they when they go yeah. to they go to him and he talking to Urko, talking to Gailey. He's like, what do you know about truth? You chose to go use humans. Like what, you know, when he's trying to talk the truth about this guy, try like he, you know, it's like Galen did like tempt the guy with undermining Urko and trying to usurp him. Yeah. But the fact that he it's, he, he's doing that. He's manipulating that isn't besides the point. It's like the guy's capable of it now because it was offered to him and he took it you know, the guy could do it, you know, like, so that's whether it's a setup, 
there's a message right that like he sends uh where he actually tells his assistant to go and actually kill him so that's documented proof yeah 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 yeah. and when galen goes and actually tries to talk to urko about it he comes in and again this is a Roddy McDowell moment. He puts mm-hmm. on a different voice and he's hooded at first to try and like convince Orko that he's somebody else. Yeah. But yeah. Orko sees through that and finds out that it's Galen. Right, right. Yeah. And this this guy that they're tricking, he was just wanting to become a prefect, but now they're like, oh, you can have more power. That's where they they tempt him with. Cause I think like he's up against like some humans for this at the beginning or something. Cause we get some aside human guest characters, but the real meat is ape to ape stuff yeah and they actually set it up where they're trying like what what they offer to him to borrow is uh orco's position mm-hmm. yeah right yep that's what they yeah that's the that's the idea um we do actually we get this weird little nugget of continuity where the the kkk mask comes back yeah like they took they kept one or something and they, they use it um for a, for a seat of this, but um, ultimate ultimately, Urko stays. They they cat they, yeah, you know they turn the tables on Aboro, and he's just like he's finished because he's been outed. Like he's never going to do you know do anything to April again. Uh, but our our heroes escape with a fake April grenade type thing that's never going to go off, but they yeah. use it as leverage to get out. But um, but yeah, no, I so much cool stuff in this episode like just i know i could say talk about the conversations i have all the time for the whole you know but that's really the crux of it this is this is cool meaty stuff where i think um sci-fi sci-fi fans can sort of overlook or not appreciate because there's a lot of this stuff and i'm not going to say it's like the the best of all time but like a lot of um complaints in the early days of the prequels and when they were first received was like the political stuff, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, but that's interesting. That's where this comes from. These political power players. If you're showing to where we got to with the empire and stuff, it has to show political stuff. You know, like this is like the, right. the power moves and political power moves. Like maybe it works better on TV or something. And they don't want to see it in movies. But to me, that's interesting stuff. That's every moves. And like, it's funny because those prequels, they'll dog it because, well, I don't want to see that political stuff. But yet the Timothy Zahn novels, which always have been appreciated and stuff, that's the crux of them. There's a lot of good political stuff. It's there, like in his that that version of a sequel type trilogy uh, that people would oddly praise there, but not in the prequels. It's kind of interesting, but that's the kind of stuff on display in this episode that I really like and it reminds help, me of. Help me out here because, um, like, there is. A- there's two things I want to bring up is that uh, you're talking about like things as far as modern sci-fi. Mm. And I, w- I would point out um, what they did with Battlestar as far as the revival series and yep. what they did as far as the political like undercurrent, as far as how that was a huge thing throughout that show. Yep. And what is it? Balar is that, and that's why I was going to ask you, mm-hmm. is that, am I saying that right? Wow, it's been a while since I watched that show. I love that. It's just one of my favorite shows, but yeah, I've only been through it like one time. <laughs> but well, the reason I bring that up is again, they do uh, they reinvent the character in the new series, but mm-hmm. I was actually even going to bring up the original portrayal because again, it's of this time period and that character as a villain is more of a caricature 
Mm-hmm. And like they do a lot more of that as far as like um, with villains and like when they have political intrigue like this, where you have a two faced character. I think of also uh, Lost in Space with the Doctor. Yes. But but where I'm going with this is like with a borrow here, like it's hard hitting. They don't like it's a mm-hmm. it's an actual like realistic portrayal of a villain and somebody that's being duplicitous. Versus like what they do in Battlestar, the original series. Right. Balar. Yeah, this is who villains the villains. That's what right. this what we have here, which is like he's even more scary because if he can take down our scariest guy, then who well, like, oh, crap. Then who could take down this guy? Because this guy's not even in power, you know, yet. So it's, it's really, yeah, adding a level of stakes, adding some dread, a menace above, like. A phantom menace. Yeah, phantom Boom. Where could, <laughs> fair enough. Where could this all go? I don't know. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, yeah, but, and like we're, you know, you're talking about all the different things and the stakes, and this is why mm-hmm. I bring this up, is that like even when they're trying to turn things on Balar, they have our heroes hidden away in a closet so that the stakes are high because mm-hmm. they could be found out at any time and they're listening in on the conversation as Orko's actually trying to turn the tables and find out if he's actually going to try and kill him or whatever. And then you also, you literally with the bomb situation, the grenade, it's a literal ticking clock that you have as far as at the end of the episode, yes. you can use that as a device to like really up the stakes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and also to, uh, Inverted new kind of costuming, the stuff that Abaro wears. Oh. That's kind of it's very cool. Um, looks kind of like Galen is Octavia with the red. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I like the I like the action character variants. You know, yeah. action figure variants that could possibly come from this. But uh, but yeah, no, I, I I dug this episode quite a bit. It's really really good juice, juicy stuff. Um, those the the meats the meat is getting better every episode. Like that is. It feels like each time, uh, but uh, it's time to take our stinky paws off this damn dirty episode, Russell. Um, thank you again for coming on here. And until next time, where can people keep up with you? Uh, yeah, public media. I'm the on-air promotions producer for WTIU and WFIU. And I also, for all your sci-fi geekery, work for Big Finish Productions on their Gallifrey series. And we got a new set coming out, Gallifrey War Room. So check it out. That's coming out soon. That's for you, nerds. All right. Hashtag Aboro Namoro. Yeah. And I'm yeah. on Twitter and Instagram at BrandedForQHD. Rittenworkwestoblue.com. There is more from the Brand Peter Show this week, including Jennifer Rayford and I discussing Toto's Rosanna, I think. If not, spoiler, comes later. Um, but from old space... It's a mouse! Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Osman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. Additional information on this and other episodes at BrandonPetersShow.com. 
For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at brandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Music, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. Thank you.